WWE Hall of Famer, Oklahoma's favorite son, Mr. Gerald Briscoe, and this is Best of the Best, where we talk about, where we analyze, where we watch the greatest, most iconic moments in wrestling history. And today we've got one with Mr. Eddie Guerrero and a certain person, me, in the first big match that we had for the WWE Championship in the Staples Center where we ended up setting an attendance record, all because they all came to see me die because Eddie Guerrero was that popular. Mr. Briscoe, we got a big one for it right ahead of us. Well, John, this trilogy of Eddie Guerrero, we, it wouldn't be complete without you in there. I mean, it was one of the most brutal matches of Eddie Guerrero's uh, 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 career. And I mean, right before this, you caused a sweet mom to have a heart attack and nearly died. His entire family was, was on a, on a, on a war path against you. And, and I joined those, uh, those, that grow family. So I'm looking so forward to, to watching this match and, and just admiring the work and, and the strategy in this match. So let's roll it, Josh. Let's see what we got here. We'll lay out for, we'll watch the promo that was leading up to this. John Bradshaw Layfield. What greater success stories to there in America than me? I've got a financial book by Simon and Schuster out. I've got a radio show that starts May 1st. I have become the top financial analyst on network TV. I've got a portfolio that has beat the stock market seven out of the last seven years. I have succeeded in everything but one thing, and that is wrestling. Because I thought it was more important to have a good time, to drink beer, to play cards, to visit our troops. But that ain't got me jack. So something's fixing to happen around here. You're fixing to see an impact. So that's Junior. Business <laughs> is about to pick up. I think that's how he, what he wrote for it. What the hell are you doing? What I say I do, and what I do, I do very, Ooh. very. I'm happy I was old and didn't see this guy. The winner of the Kurt Angle Great American Award and thus the number one contender for the WWE title goes to John Bradshaw Layfield. Wow! Come on! Wow, he did it! Who better to represent America than me? JBL, what I see is a great American sellout. Eddie Guerrero has stolen the spotlight from JBL. He's a thief! You are a black mark on society, Eddie Guerrero. You are a disgrace to America. You're going to pay for this, Eddie. You will pay. Ladies and gentlemen, a tragic incident occurred involving the Guerrero family. Eddie was in the ring, finished up a match, invited his family in to celebrate, and unfortunately... This tragedy what a badass here. <laughs> I brought a mama. Mrs. Guerrero, Eddie's mother, suffered a heart attack. Eddie Guerrero put his family in harm's way. That's his business. Eddie has to take responsibility for the circumstances and what happens, the consequences. You don't understand something, John. You traumatized my family. You put your hands on a 76-year-old defenseless woman. That, my friend, is a coward. Make no mistake. I don't give a damn about 
Eddie Guerrero's mother. If she dies, she dies. The one that everybody has to worry about, especially your family, is you. Eddie Guerrero has completely lost it. This isn't about Eddie's mother. This is about my meeting with destiny. I'm gonna kick the living out of you. I will personally guarantee victory. Will this carnage be the scene at Judgment Day? The cold ass Texan. Just zoomed in. What, what a promo that was, yeah, huh? Retro. I mean, the whole build up to it, Eddie Guerrero, his mother, it was unbelievable. And once again, the uh, guys in the studio that put these packages oh. together, old Dan Potts and all, all those kids up there, man, what, what talent they have. We think we got talent in the ring, but that yep. company has talent and in, 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 in those, uh, in those production rooms like nobody else. The strength of WWE, in my opinion, is the production. Right. And John, you're taking a heck of a beat and kind of walk us through what uh, opening of this match. You, you know, you got the heat uh, by giving poor Eddie's mom a heart attack and nearly killing her. And, uh, <laughs> and now yeah. you guys are face to face in this match here. Yeah, you know, we had so much heat coming into this. We didn't know how many tickets we're going to sell. We ended up setting an attendance record at the Staples Center for this match because once that promo aired with his mother. 76 year old woman having a heart attack business just skyrocketed we started having people that were jumping in the ring i started having to have security uh the staples center ended up selling out and i had so much heat that my opinion was we need to start this match with me taking an ass whooping from eddie guerrero that's that's the logic of that uh, building the psychology of this match you know you've done all that evil bad stuff so now the babyface has a reason. You know, you know, sometimes you see these matches start where babyface just attacks a heel and starts kicking and punishing for punching for no reason at all. Well, this started off like this, but there's a reason behind it. You nearly killed his poor mom. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, and I got so much heat on it. You, you, you got to give them something right off the bat of of Eddie going ballistic because he has to. I mean, he's, his mom had a heart attack causing me. The buildup, I mean, some of the promos that you guys cut, and Eddie was right behind them. I mean, would not even make air today. Would not even see the light of day today with, with today's BC people. Oh, not even close. We we were so far past the edge of the envelope. I mean, we were way out there. JV, I mean, we got a lot of heat then. I mean, just, you know, back then even, you know, but, but today, man, it'd be off the air. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Even trying to attempt that heart attack angle would probably be be caused to, for punishment somehow. <laughs> right. And the but good that, part about that was when when I when I grabbed her shoulder, what I was doing was she grabbed my hand. That allowed her to, to fall down safely. So when I grabbed her, I, I was letting I was letting her guide herself down. John, your philosophy being a heel is, is, is true heel too, you know, where, where you tell the people, you know, that you're, you're not a bad guy, you know. And, That's right. In my opinion, I was the good guy. Eddie was the bad guy in JBL's mind. Right. That was the whole thing. A, a, a heel is delusional. They think they're the good guy and they, they can rationalize by, by articulating their mindset that they are the good guy. I'll tell you a great story about the, the backstage, which uh, a lot of people have never heard before. Pat Patterson comes to me and Eddie before this match and it lays out this whole match. And Pat was just wanting to help. And I could tell Eddie didn't like it at all. 
And so when Pat left, I said, Eddie, what do you not like? He said, any of it. <laughs> and I said, really? And he said, yeah, Pat had laid out, I thought, a pretty good match, but Eddie didn't like it. So I said, what do you want to do? He goes, can we go feel it and call it out there? Wow. I went to Pat, and to Pat's credit, I said, hey, Pat, can I talk to you? I said, Eddie's not feeling this. And he says, well, what does he not like? I said, any of it? <laughs> Pat, <laughs> Pat said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, can we call it out there, including the finish? And Pat said, guys, have at it. It's wow. your match. It's your chance. He goes, you've got to make it or not make it on your own. And he said, I'm pulling for you. That's what made Patterson great was, was to be able to, to adjust like that you know, yep. under, under strict orders. And when I came back, Pat was one of the first guys that greeted me. He was so happy uh, that it, that it had been successful. You know, Pat really was rooting for us and, well, after all the stuff that you guys have done, it's it's really difficult as, as a talent to have everything just thought out for you because you've done all this stuff, you've done all the healing, done all the baby face, and now it's time to go. And you you got to go out there with that free hand where you can adjust on the fly. If you don't have that free hand, man, it ain't you. It ain't you. It ain't that emotion that's coming out that you just give them six weeks prior to this buildup. That's right. You got to be able to feel it. And you never know what's going to work and what's not out there, especially when you're feeling it. Because I didn't know how long I was going to take the first ass whooping. I didn't know when I was going to get on top. I just knew that there was going to, I knew that we'd probably both come to it together. And we did. That, that's the thing. And that once again, that's trust in the ring, trust in your opponent that, you know, you're going to get your time. You know, all these, well, I got to get myself in. When you're working with somebody like Eddie Grail, Oh. That's the farthest thing from your mind because you know you're going to have time to get your stuff in. And remember, Eddie was the one who came up with a heart attack angle with, with his mother, he and Chavo, his brother. You know, Eddie wanted JBL to succeed because he really took it to heart that he was a champion. He could make anybody. And when JBL's character wasn't working initially, Eddie took it personally that he, he had to make me. And he did. You guys yeah. elevated each other, though, John. I mean, it wasn't all Eddie making you. The, the quality of the work of the match and everything, you guys were doing again. Something that really shocks me is, man, you got a 10. <laughs> I'm not sure how that happened. What's that old saying that Arn Anderson says about a 10? <laughs> well, brown fat looks better than white fat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and, you know, here's a typical Eddie move. You know, we do all that a wild west start and then what you want to do is let the fans breathe you know let the match breathe get it down that's why i took eddie over to headlock and just held on to him for a while let the people kind of reset let them get down a little bit because you got to bring them right back up eddie's always working there i mean his hand moving going towards the hair going towards the body going towards the tights you know you never know where he's going to end up and you're right back to that headlock and what a, what a takeover that is that's 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 genuine basics of our business right there go back to it and let let the people reset and go again they've just seen all kinds of wild west they've just seen this whole storyline angle of his the 76 year old mother having a heart attack and eddie coming out wanting to kill me me fighting back and now we're just letting them rest a little bit letting them breathe before we start the, the crazy stuff that's to come 
And what I like about your body position, it looks like your weight is all on top of Eddie Guerrero and squishing him and not giving him a chance to catch his breath. And that's what makes a difference in these matches. When you have that air out there and you have that body separation, it just doesn't look right to me. I completely agree. Even the hands on the headlock, you look, you know, that's the, that's the old style where there's not a finger showing right. for people to pull the finger out. Eddie must have done just absolutely. This was one of my favorite spots. The, the tackle, drop down, double arm drag, go outside. Here comes Eddie. <laughs> one of our favorite spots. We do this spot almost every night. And you catch him midair there and give him an old toss. And Eddie, once again, south of the border, comes with his head to the right instead of the left. <laughs> When you know, it's, it sounds like it's the same, but it's not. You're so used to having it a certain way, you know. And, and what I'm saying is, we didn't watch the first uh, we did with Brock and Eddie was uh, Mexican wrestlers, luchas, would would work one way, work the right arm. Americans work the left, and it's a different different style. Yeah, and as you know, John, you broke in the same area of the country, that southwest uh, area of, of, of the USA, you know, at Oklahoma and uh, at Texas. You get a lot of Hispanics. You get a lot of Mexican guys passing through. And, you know, all of a sudden you're out there and they're working on the opposite side, you know, even though they're, they're what, what, and, and it's a great learning tool. It really is for when you're, especially when you're young, because you learn some of that stuff. Boy, Eddie called this you, on the fly. Eddie yeah. called that on the fly. Wow. As soon as he walked off, he said, backdrop on the table. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, you got to be kidding me. He <laughs> called down on the fly. He, right before he walked off, he goes, backdrop on the table. See, that, that's part of having that freedom to do stuff on your own, too. That wouldn't have been called backstage, I'm sure. You know. No, I, I guarantee it. Because the table wasn't set up to break, but Eddie didn't want it to break. He just wanted to take a, a backdrop on the table, which fit perfectly into the match. Which is something different, too. Usually when a guy goes on the table, it splatters out there. But he knew it wasn't gimmick, so. I'm sitting there thinking, and I hope I, I hope I put him on the table. <laughs> yeah, we hadn't Eddie, worked over that. We had never done it before. And Eddie just called that completely out of the blue. And you 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 can say better than I can because I've never taken that bump. That those ungimmick tables, they're unforgiving when you hit them too, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They they hurt. You know, and, and the thing is, you don't take an even bump. You you take a bump and you get knocked off somewhere, and that's where you hit a chair with your head or something. I mean, it's not, it's not uh, ideal. And when they're not gimmick, when they're gimmick, they all fall flat and it still is a pretty good shock, but when they're not gimmick, you can fall any, anywhere. Yeah, you got a poster in the background there. I used to love when guys would hit that second rope and come back. Ray Trailer, boss man, used to be able yeah. to do that at his at his uh, big size. Boss man was phenomenal that side, man. John, who 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 did you? I mean, besides Stan, who did you really pattern your style after? You, I know you got pieces of everybody. Was there anybody in particular besides Stan, or was that the guy you always wanted to be like? Absolutely, Terry Gordy. Terry Gordy. I, the clothesline, he's the only one I've ever seen through that wraparound clothesline. Now, he didn't do it running, but uh, a lot of stuff I, I took directly from Gordy. Gordy was such a good big man, and he oh, was a yeah. huge influence on me when I came through Texas and so much stuff that he did that was just groundbreaking. 
Uh, Gordy nowadays would just be a phenomenal star. Oh, he was amazing. He had the speed. He had, he had that look. He just had that believability that, that you tag on somebody sometimes. That bear hug I got from Jake Roberts. From Jake. Jake used to do that bear hug where he'd stick his uh, head underneath the arm. And even Jake, you know, without, you know, Jake didn't have huge arms and, you know, huge. He had that, he had that, he had that link though. But like, he had that link and he would stick his head underneath the arm and hold that bear hug. And it looked so realistic when Jake did it. That's, I got that directly from, from uh, Jake Roberts. Cool. fly trap there that's an old mexican spot there <laughs> yeah and when we say that that's not i don't think it's been disrespectful but there were certain spots that come out of mexico that you know that you identify that's a mexican spot there and that's they, right you, yeah, really good <laughs> Same as our European spots. Yeah. You just call it the European. You do the tackle uh, drop down hip toss. You guys come down in perfect position on that thing too. It's a matter of kicking your feet at the very top to land flat. Eddie's way of getting up where he rolls those legs, I always really like that. It always looks so good. And you, 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 oh, there it goes, the ref. How great is that ref bump where oh, Eddie just turns and runs into him? Well, uh, you're back to Brian again, uh, you know. And Eddie called that on the fly. Eddie, we, wow. we knew we were going to have a ref bump. We, we 100% we knew we were going to do it. We didn't know where we are going to do it. Eddie called that on the fly. Said, Brian, get behind me. And Eddie goes to take off to the ropes and does a really unorthodox ref bump, which looked fantastic. Nice cell out there on the floor. You guys had so much momentum going into this uh, off of that heart attack angle. Yeah, it was so easy after that angle. It made everything just. It, like isn't, it is sweet when you get to that position where it's just easy it becomes just you just go out there and you just give it effort and everything just kind of seemed to fall in place because you've done the build up to it already you've done all the hard work so now now absolutely there's eddie he's getting he's getting his blade from hebner yeah <laughs> that's what that's what he just got <laughs> some guys would carry the blade themselves some guys would give it to the rep i think i think eddie gave it to to Hebner is what I think. I, I think that's where you just got it. Now, this is where it gets scary, folks. I'm sorry. This, this is where I start getting queasy. And uh, I, backstage, I was, I was getting squeezed. I was getting worried about Eddie, tell you. A, a back story on this. I talked to Eddie right before we went out, and he had juiced uh, before, about a month or two before. 
and he had so much scar tissue, you know, because back in the day in the South and in Mexico, we, we juiced all the time. Guys would get star, scar tissue on their head and have, would have a hard time getting color. Right. And uh, Eddie told me, he goes, like we used to always say in the South, I got a business blade, uh, the business blade. And he had this, he had a dagger. I mean, it was a dagger. And he said, I'm going to make sure and get good color today. So that was the backstory of why Eddie got so much color was because he had done it about a month or two before and it didn't work. It was just a trickle. And so Eddie wanted to make sure and hit it. And boy, did he. Been around those old school guys. I mean, Gary Hart, he had a house show uh, blade. He had a, he had a big show blade and he had a TV blade. I mean, that's right. Guys used to have different blades. Yeah. And they call it the business blade with the, the, <laughs> the big one. Yeah, with the big one. You took the business blade out. <laughs> Look at that puddle right there. And you know what's amazing is I knew Eddie was bleeding bad, but I didn't know how bad he was bleeding until I really saw it back. You know, he passed out in the back and, you know, had to be taken to the hospital. I knew that. I knew it was, it was a lot. But when I look at it back, it's shocking how much blood was lost. When you look at the people there, they're just in shock. They can't believe what they're seeing. All that confidence they had in Eddie's starting to wonder now. Is he going to bleed out here? Look at that. You're, you're at the TV shot right there, Don. <laughs> That's right. That's directly to hard Ed, Eddie's probably calling that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Guarantee, I, guarantee, I don't know. I can't remember, but I guarantee he did. I guarantee Eddie would say, hard cam, hard cam, hard cam. Bust me open. Yeah. Nice and easy, taking your time. Don't get in a big hurry. Yeah, you know, the thing is, you got it right where you want him here. You know, he's bleeding like crazy. Look at those trails of blood across the mat there. Holy cow. Somebody call a blood bank, man. Now you're getting hot. No referee, you got him in that position, but damn, Hebner's uh, passed out. <laughs> it's amazing how referees can just be out till just the right moment. Yeah. They got that internal clock, as they say. <laughs> Wake up, damn it. Wake up. I'll beat you up, man. <laughs> that internal clock's ticking now. Little Nate comes in and Eddie Here kicks comes Nate. What the hell is he doing in there? Throwing another referee at you, John. They're double teaming you, man. <laughs> See, I was a good guy in all this. That's what people don't realize. Exactly. I mean, you're the guy not breaking the rules. Eddie, Eddie started breaking the rules. Of course, he's lie, cheat, and steal guy. That's right. I love you that. Know, that was so good. Some of those finishes uh, that we come up with where he's, you know, just out of the blue win a match. <coughs> Eddie can barely stand, but he falls and boom, there goes Nate. Now. There goes the other ref. <laughs> you put two refs out, and man, you're 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 about as covered as he is on it. Look at that shoulder. That's his shoulder. I saw that tan there. I thought it was you for a second. <laughs> that's right. Well, that shocked O'Brien up. Yeah. Boy, these are some good false finishes. Aren't they? Their timing, wow. timing of them is just it's excellent too. 
and look at the expression. What? <laughs> I've been looking forward to this this tape for a long time. I, I've told you this is one of my favorite uh, Bradshaw and uh, Guerrero matches. You know, heels always try to cover them a second time. It never works. They always get mad. <laughs> Just cover them again. And look at Eddie. Eddie's just selling like he's dead man walking. That's about the only time you'll see Eddie's arms down. Talk about a crimson mask. Wow, his face is a crimson mask there. Nice, I like that. That's always good to get a back a big guy off him. Look at that! Look at that face! Look at that blood just drip there. I mean, wow! Backstage, John, we're all going nuts about it. I, I can just imagine. You can imagine the, the truck screaming. You know, what are we going to shoot? You know, don't shoot that. Too much blood. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way this match would have continued today. No. And look at this. Here comes the Hulk Hogan, Eddie oh, Guerrero. Oh, there we Evil go. Evil Arise oh, is about to come. Evil Arise. I love this right there. And you're selling it just great. It's not too hokey. You know, you're just backing off a little bit. Hold it, Eddie. Calm down. You're trying to get that, that, that adrenaline time to, to go down. Eddie. But that super mix ain't allowing it. <laughs> What's great about this, you you and Eddie were so close. I mean, you guys, you guys, you know, lived to breathe each other. And uh, you, were, you guys had that respect for each other where you could go out in the ring and have a match like this. Yeah, because we completely trust each other. You know, we're, we're both selfless out there. You know, Ed, Eddie really wanted the JBL and me to succeed. And I felt the same way about Eddie. And believe it or not, as you know, John, I mean, a lot of, uh, Eddie didn't have 100% vote backstage, you know, until some of these matches he had with you and, and, and Brock, you know, that where they saw that he could work with anybody, but yeah, but it took matches like this to convince the powers that, you know, this guy, no matter what size he is, he can, he can, he can do whatever we need him to do in whatever position. Because you know how it is, Jerry, you never know until a guy gets the title, is he going to be a great champion or is he going to be a guy that when the champion gets on him, championship belt gets on him, it, it kind of engulfs him. Right. And, and, he, and it does some guys. Yeah. But when you have a master like, like Guerrero out there, I mean, you just, and you see this and you just, you have that feeling. I mean, it's a feeling that you got to be in the business to really understand. And, you know, you just see how the people are reacting. Yeah, and this is the time, you know, when we knew we had them. You know, we're out there. I know they're building up to it, and I know that fans are there. This is that magic spot in the ring there. And there's your, there's your, there's your boy, Chimmel, there. <laughs> Unfortunately, Chimmel got shown. Uh -huh. You can see me. I, <laughs> I carried my blizzard in my right hand. Uh -huh. <laughs> Are you thinking, you know, Eddie got all this color, man. I, I just can't scratch myself. I got to go. Or what? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Slide the chair in, distract him. Now here's the thing that that people don't know. I've got my I've got my blade out. I didn't need it because Eddie busted me open. Did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He busted me wide yeah. open. See, I'm checking the top of my head. Keep it still there. <laughs> yeah. Listen to him. These pistol punches are awesome. Yeah. A lot of guys do those and they just lay them in after the first one or just tap them, you know. Eddie's punching like a piston right each time. As you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Eddie told me at one point, he goes, Good juice essay. I said, The blade's still on my wrist, you bastard. He <laughs> busted me open. Did it with that belt shot? Yeah, he busted me right on top, right in the uh, ground of the head. He busted me open. He probably knew it. He said that. Mr. Ribble. And that's where I actually hit it. I tell you, I've seen a lot of bloodbaths down here in Florida, man, but this is one that I, I nearly I get I nearly got nauseous over. And see you look at this. What I loved about it, I didn't juice until after the bell. You know, we left them with it. Which I thought was a great touch. Oh man, I wow, that had to hurt Sting. It sure did. And I knew it was cursing. I don't care what the people say, man. Those chair shots, you get somebody swinging those chairs, they sting, man. Oh yeah. And I knew I got him good earlier. And he told me, get me good with that chair. He wanted me to. I knew I knew I was that was my receipt coming. So hands were not up, head was out. I thought he's he's about to knock the shit out of me. Usually when somebody tells you to go, you got to hit them good, you know you got one coming down the line. That's right. Cause, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if they don't care how hard you hit them, they certainly don't care how hard they hit you. <laughs> Whack. That was one of my favorite things to do right there was right after you're such a nasty bastard, you beat somebody up, and then they get on the offense, you beg. You know, it's such a chicken shit thing to do. And you got the army of referees out there too. And none of this was, none of this was called. This was all just on the fly to leave them, leave them happy at the end. Once again, there's that leeway that Pat had at being in his position that could give you guys the okay to, Hey, just go out there and feel it, man. Yeah. And, Cause and he we, knew, Pat knew, Pat knew that would be the best match. Pat would have said, no, man, you got to do it this way. You know, you guys would have went out and maybe the match wouldn't have been like it was, but even him giving you the leeway kind of gets that adrenaline flowing and everything where you, man, I, we got to do it now. Yeah. And there at the end, which, uh, Eddie jumped me one last time, you know, before, before we went off air, 
one of the referees told me, here he comes. I go, oh, oh boy. So I turn around to, you know, of course, to face it and get beat up by uh, Eddie a little bit more. And then we get the back. You remember, you know, Eddie was, they told me, said, uh, you need to go talk to Eddie. And he said, I said, why? I said, he's, he's fighting with the doctors to not want to go to the hospital. And I said, well, his brother, his nephew Chavo's in there. I, I don't know what I, what I can do. And so I went in there and as soon as I walked in there, he goes, SA, great match. And I said, I said, thanks, Eddie. I said, they, they want you to go to the hospital. And he goes, okay. That was it. He just, <laughs> he just needed to, he wanted to see someone say, have a great match. And then he was okay. That was a professional in, in Eddie Guerrero, man. Uh, what a, what a guy backstage and what, you know, what intensity backstage there, there were countless times that we had to pull Eddie off of somebody or pull somebody off Eddie because Eddie took this business serious, man, as you know, John, and he, he believed in everything he did. And, and that's what made Eddie Guerrero the star that he was. Yeah. And we knew going into this, that if this didn't work, this could have been a one-off and that was it. And we knew we had to hit a home run in there. We had, we had such, so much heat coming into it. We had sold the place out, set an attendance record. And we thought we've got to deliver because if we don't, this is, this is going to be a disaster. And that's one of the reasons when, when Eddie said he didn't feel it, I went to Pat, Pat said, listen, I'm pulling for you. You guys do what you think's best. And I, I knew, I thought we're, we're going to make this work. And when you come to that curtain, you know, it, it worked. It's the greatest feeling in the world. That pride there, because you can see the looks on everybody's faces backstage. You know, we did it. You know, and that means yeah. so much. I mean, the crowd can pump you up all you want, but you walk through those curtains and you see those heads down, and then then you're down. But you see those heads up, man. You know, you did something. That, that's where the pride comes in. Yeah, I tried to figure out one time how many matches I had. I was like thirty five hundred, four thousand matches you have over you know twenty something years. Uh, but it's funny because this match, somebody just called me the other day, said, Hey, I would love to do a podcast about that match. You know, people remember this match because of the brutality, you know, a lot of it because of the blood, but a lot of it because of the storyline that led up to it, that so much heat that, uh, this match was one of those ones that you look back, you know, that, that was special. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, well, John, I'm, I'm happy we got to show this. As, uh, as you know, I've been, I've been on you and you, you've been the modest Texan that you are, you know, no. And we finally, when we got this trilogy of Eddie going, you know, you used your head for a change and, you know, and, and listen to reason where this trilogy wouldn't be complete unless it had this match in there with you. So man, it's been a pleasure. You know, I'm looking forward to the next one, you know, down the line here. So. Yep. And our next one coming up depends on when you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please like, and subscribe to our channel. It will be Eddie versus Ray Mysterio for the custody of Dominic. We also went over Eddie versus Brock earlier in the trilogy. Hope you're enjoying them. This is Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. For Mr. Briscoe, I'm Bradshaw. Thanks for joining us.